Well, hopefully we can bring you all of the hits uh, to make up for the lack of hits in Cleveland here on the Guardians of the Future podcast. Uh, maybe it's a hit, maybe it's not, but I don't think anybody can say we've never we've never been no hit. Uh, joining me this week is Stacy Hannon from Columbus. How you doing, Stacy? Thanks for coming back. I'm I'm pretty sure we can safely say that we have not been no hit. We have not, not yet. Anyway, we'll see how tonight goes. <laughs> And certainly not over 18 innings or whatever that ended up being. So thanks for having me back, yeah, Justin. 15 innings. Excited Jeez. to be back here talking some baseball. Uh, um, you know, even the offensively challenged type of baseball. Yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about. I mean, on that, on that forefront, uh, offense has been weird up and down the system this week, I guess. I mean, you wrote this week that Columbus, who had been hitting the ball well, uh, didn't even, even Stephen Kwan had a bad week this week. I picked him for player of the week and, uh, that did not end up being a good pick. I think the only guy in Columbus who's, uh, really had a great week seemed to be on offense, seemed to be either, uh, Richie Palacios and, uh, yeah, that's about it. I think nobody else was really hanging Or You said Ernie Clement too. That was about it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The Gwinnett Striper seems to have the uh, their number. They just shut them all down, and everybody's bats went quiet. So even Clement and uh, Palacios, they'd had okay weeks, but it you know it they've had better weeks as well. So something in the air, I guess. Yeah, that's a good pitching staff in Gwinnett. That's a very good pitching staff that Gwinnett has. Right, the Braves AAA team. So you're going to get some real prospects there. Yeah, they had Kyle Wright. I I watched a couple games this week on t- on MILB TV. They had Kyle Wright, Kyle Muller yesterday. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in that lineup, but yeah, that's a that's a very good pitching staff, and got to see old friend Jason Kipnis, who I think had yes. a couple of good games against he, the Clippers. He did. He, he did. got my Player of the Week if I if he was eligible. <laughs> we could have just done it for old time's sake, considering nobody in Columbus was hitting this week. Right, right. Well, it's interesting because, you know, this entire, uh, almost entire Clippers lineup is new um, or just recently promoted from Akron. So, you know, they hit really well against the St. Paul Saints. But like you said, the, um, you know, Gwinnett's got a good pitching staff. And so these guys are still adjusting to the new level. And they just ran up against, you know, probably some pitching that they, the quality of which they hadn't been up against before. Yeah, I mean, you have Richie Palacios coming back from injury. Will Benson is new, and he struggled to find his footing in Columbus. Uh, Stephen Kwan finally had a, uh, a bad week for the first time all year. And everybody else just kind of, you know, Brian Lavastita, who is now back in Akron, which we'll talk about. He's still trying to settle in Columbus. Now he's back in Akron, but he was kind of a fill-in during that whole weird catching situation. Right. Um and then we haven't seen Nolan Jones and, and Gabriel Arias for a while. Nolan Jones has been out for over a week now, and um, who knows if he's going to come back this year. And then, obviously, we were talking uh, before we started recording, uh, Gabriel Arias hasn't played since September 9th. We're not sure why, but hopefully he'll be back in the lineup on Tuesday. But it, obviously he left with an injury some point on Thursday, which we kind of missed. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, he had been playing every day um, pretty consistently, especially since Jimenez had been called up to 
the tribe. So he was really playing every day. He was playing shortstop nearly every single day. And um, he, uh, Krieger came in, Tyler Krieger came in for him at the end of the game. And I didn't see it. So I can't say for sure what happened, but Arias has not been in the lineup since he did not play Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So it's something worth keeping an eye on. Um, they open a series against Toledo tomorrow at Toledo. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the lineup and see if he's going to play, but no word out of Columbus. Uh, he's on the active roster right now. Unlike Nolan Jones, who's on the injured list. Um, so we'll just have to keep an eye on it. The season's coming to an end soon. So depending on what it is, is there really any point in rushing them back? They're not in a playoff race or anything like that. It would just be a shame to see Arias' season end like this because he has had a really, really solid season. His first full triple, you know, triple A season as only a 21-year-old. So it'd be nice to see him be able to finish it out healthy, but we'll just have to wait and see. Let's let's focus on that for a second because we've talked about this the last couple podcasts and I've thrown the question out a couple places. Uh, let's start with Nolan Jones. I still find it very strange. I haven't been able to get a good answer from anybody on this. And I know you and I have talked about this in the past. He has played third base twice as much as he's played any other position this year. And I know I know the reports on him playing in the outfield weren't great. Like he was struggling but it was his first you know venture out there but the way the way the major league team is setting up they keep saying between the Dolans and Chris Antone they keep saying that payroll is going to go up for the major league team next year so to me <clears throat> that says that Jose Ramirez will be here I don't know how you I don't know how you say you can you're going to increase payroll but not have the your best player next year like that doesn't make sense right so assuming that he's going to be back next year and they keep Nolan Jones at third base. Where does he fit long term? I mean, he he's not going to play third base next year if Jose's back. If he on the major league team, so he has to find a place elsewhere. But they've been very reluctant to move him around a lot. Like he only played one game at first base this year, even to begin with. I, what, what is your kind of feeling on that situation? Because I, to me, it says maybe he's not in their future plans. Maybe they're going to consider a trade for him. I don't know. So uh, I am 100% with you that they are not going to move on from Jose Ramirez. In fact, I, I you know, if take them at their word, I, I wouldn't, I'd be less surprised to see an extension than, than a trade of Ramirez at this point. I am becoming more convinced by the day. And I know that you have pondered this as well, that they're going to trade Nolan Jones in the off season. This is just a guess. I obviously have no idea, but they have continued, as you have said, to play him at third base throughout this season and every day when we go to the ballpark it's like oh there's Jones at third base again and I just don't really understand why uh for all of the reasons that you said he's a he's a decent third baseman Jose Ramirez is a better third baseman defensively and he's better offensively obviously at least at this stage in their careers they put him in the outfield he played right field uh, for a while there they were playing him at least one or it felt more like two days a series, a two days a week. So it's like, okay, they're, they're easing him into this. Then they sort of just stopped and they kept playing. And he was just third base leading up to his injury. And that's just made me convinced that they're looking to deal him. Now, will this injury, you know, change their plans? I don't know. I mean, we haven't heard that it's, uh, you know, uh, serious or, you know, he'll be out for a year. We don't know that, but 
I don't know why you wouldn't keep playing him in right field. They keep trotting out Oscar Gonzalez to play the outfield. And, you know, Oscar's actually made some decent plays out there from time to time, but he's a DH, as we all know. Um, but they're giving him the time out there. I mean, I've seen him play the outfield more than I've seen him DH. Andy Tracy's good about kind of moving people in and out of the DH spot and letting everybody play the field. But the bigger question, as you have said today and at other times, is why not play Jones at first base? He has the physique to play first base. Uh, you know, he's big enough. He, he, if he can handle third, I tend to think he could handle first. You don't have any real major league prospects there with no disrespect meant to anyone, but Trenton Brooks has played first base almost every day since Bobby Bradley was called up. Uh, he took, he spent a little bit of time, uh, but it, actually his injury overlapped with Jones's. So it wouldn't have mattered. I was going to say they played Connor Maribel there when Brooks seemed to leave with an injury, but I no Nolan wouldn't have been able to play it anyway, but he has not sniffed first base. He's p- barely played right field. And like you said, I just don't understand why they wouldn't play him elsewhere unless they were working up to a trade. So that's my best guess at this point, based on what we've seen this season. Yeah, and I, I hate to be speculative, and I hate to say like that's an easy conclusion to draw. It's just if you think that, you know, Jones didn't have the best start to the season, obviously, but he got better offensively, and he's still a guy who – is a major league bat. And I think at some point next year, if you were to look, I mean, I guess it depends on what they do in the off season, but if you were to look at the guardians roster for next year, at some point, I think having Nolan Jones in the lineup is going to be your best lineup. I don't know when that's going to be, but like, if you look at all the players in the organization as currently at some point, having him and Jose Ramirez in the lineup is probably going to be part of your best 26 or your best nine, however you want to put it. So if he's not playing elsewhere, then I just don't know where he goes. I mean, he's 23. I don't know if you want to repeat AAA next year. He's he's going to be 24 in May. You know, there's not there's really no reason to manipulate service time with him because he's not that young, and he's also not a guy who's going to cost you big in arbitration, and who knows what the new CBA will bring in the offseason. But, I mean, I, either way, I could see him starting next year at AAA, but it's just – but you Obviously, know, been there all year. You're right. I it's mean, very he, confusing. Yeah, and I mean, he, you're right. He did start off slow, and which a lot of players did this season. I, you know, again, as we all know, at this point, that there was no season last year, and you know, he 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 wasn't hitting for a very high average, but he, you know, he was one of the leaders in the division in doubles. I mean, he was consistently hitting doubles to the gaps. His power was really starting to come come on, and you know, he was working walks and working counts. So. You know, it, it, I would have liked to have seen him be able to finish out the season, like I said, with Arias. That would, you know, it, in AAA or if, you know, a late season call up, if that had been in the cards. But the the bottom line is that it, it, I agree that the best lineup next year would include him and Ramirez, but they both can't play third base. So I just, I don't understand the reluctance to move him off a third. But, um, you know, maybe that's... I, People say they don't know he's wasting his arm at first base. I mean, he's got a good arm, sure, but Jose Ramirez plays third base. I just died there. There's there's no (laughs) way around that. So, um, and he, I saw him play the outfield a few times. Was he going to win a Gold Glove? You know, maybe not in the immediate future, but he he wasn't terrible out there, and his arm played out there. I mean, he had a strong enough arm to play to play right field. So, 
I don't know. It's confusing. It's one of the biggest conundrums of, of the AAA season here. I just, I, I don't understand why they didn't play him more elsewhere. Yeah, I guess we'll have to keep an eye on it. I'm gonna. I hope to talk to James Harris sometime here in the next few weeks as the season winds down. I, I last couple of years he's been he's been his his role. I've been able to talk to him as the season ends. So hopefully we'll get that on the schedule. I asked Joe this last week, and I'll ask you the same thing uh, with regards to uh, Gabriel Arias. It's going to be hard to have him, Brian Rocchio, Andres Jimenez. And Ahmed Rosario on the roster, along with uh, Ernie Clement and Tyler Freeman. Uh, those guys have all <laughs> look like they're going to play. They could play shortstop for, for Cleveland and some and in different roles. Obviously, Clement's kind of a backup. But twenty twenty two, who who starts the most games at shortstop, and who ends the year as the shortstop? All right. So this may be recency bias on my part because I've seen him play so much uh, at Columbus this season, but I'm going to go with Arias. I don't know that I'll start, start the season there. Um, But he is, he's had such an impressive season here in Columbus. He is another one who started slow, but you could just tell about a month into into the season that things started clicking for him. Um, You know, he's, he's, hit for a higher average than I thought he would based on the slow start to his season. He's been consistently in the two seventies all season, you know, he's working good at bats, you know, he still swings a lot. Um, although when he's back to back with Oscar Gonzalez in the lineup, it doesn't seem like it's that much, but I think, you know, he's getting a better eye at the plate. Uh, you, you've seen the improvement as the year has gone on and he has power in that bat that I think some of these other guys um, might not. And he's made, I think he's got like 13 errors on the season in the field, but you know, he's one of those guys who can make every play and then makes an error, you know, just a stupid error that can be cleaned up. So his defense could play today uh, in the majors. His arm is just phenomenal. Um, He can make any play at shortstop. So defensively, I think he's, well, I, you know, I haven't seen Rocio play enough to, because I, I know he's good defensively too. So they might be the top two there. Um, but I'd give him a chance. And I know you mentioned that his bat worries you a little bit and we'll have to see if he can hit enough up there. Um, but I would, I would, I want to see what he can do in a major league lineup. Um, I think, you know, he had, his ceiling might be higher than some of these other guys with the one, one, uh, 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 exception being, being Rokio. So, um, uh, I know he's still just at double a, but he seems to, to, to be playing well there. And, uh, he might be just a little bit behind Arias, but I like Jimenez. Um, I think defensively, uh, Arias is a, a, a little more spectacular, if you will. And Jimenez hit the heck out of the ball when he was in Columbus, but he hasn't hit a ton in Cleveland. So I given a little more time up there, you know, he may prove to be an everyday player. And I'm an Ahmed Rosario fan. I'm not an Ahmed Rosario fan at shortstop. I think they need to move him. <laughs> and, um, so I, hopefully they will. I'd That's like fair. him to stay in the lineup, um, but maybe left field or second base. So I think Freeman still, you know, he he got injured. So I don't see him, you know, vying for a role next year necessarily. Um, and I think maybe his long-term future is at second base. Um but this is not a knock on him. I just think he's a year away and the rest of these guys are going to be ready to go. 
you know, probably sooner than him. And Clement, I'm an Ernie Clement fan. Uh, I, I, I really like him, but he's obviously a utility guy. And I, you know, I think that's where he'd be best utilized. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I think it's going to be hard to keep all those guys on the 40 next year. But I've mentioned before, you have Rosario, Arias, Rocchio, Jimenez, Owen Miller, even though he's not really a shortstop. I know he's played right. some, but yeah. probably not where his, his long-term role is. But Ernie, Yu Chang, and Tyler Freeman, I don't I don't know how all those guys can be on the 40-man roster next year. It just seems like somebody from that group has to go, maybe one or two, but... Right. We'll it's just, they I all think... offer similar, you know, obviously position similarity, but you know, the, nobody's broken out offensively. Um, but that that's just, that's too many players at the same or similar positions. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, you brought up Oscar Gonzalez. Let's, let's go there a little bit because I feel like he is the player we get asked about the most <laughs> and he's got 27 homers this year. And he, and this is a career high for him. His career high before this, I think was, was 14 or uh, yeah, it was 13 in a single season. So he smashed his career high and, and he's always had this power. Uh, it was that change in his swing, to get a little more separation from his hands to his hips that have helped him. Where, where are you at in his future? Because I I've gone back and forth. Like I do think that, it might be interesting to give him a shot on the 40 man roster. I mean, it's, it's not like this. I mean, obviously the team just got no hit for the third time and they almost got no hit twice last week. So right. how could Oscar <laughs> Gonzalez at least be worth considering, but I'm still struggling. I still tell people I'm not sure about Oscar Gonzalez because of the low walk totals. He's not really much of a defender. And I, I feel like, I feel like with his swing, he's going to get beat by a lot of, breaking balls in the major leagues, but have you seen anything from him that makes you think that, okay, maybe between him and um, Jordan, I mean, well, Valera is going to be on the 40, but if you're looking between, you know, Stephen Kwan and Will Benson and Oscar Gonzalez, that group right there that are all four rule five eligible and Gonzalez and Benson have already been rule five eligible, I believe, or at least uh, Gonzalez has. Yeah. Who, who are you putting on the 40? And do you feel like, do you feel like if Gonzalez was given a shot that he could that he could stick? Like, is there something there? That I, I've always been kind of down on him, and, and the power has been good this year. Right. I just have a hard time seeing how much success he's going to have in the majors. But what do you think? I know. Well, we all keep doubting it, right? We're like, oh no, this is this this isn't real. This bat's never going to play. And he keeps advancing through the system, and he just keeps proving us wrong. And he just keeps hitting. He's been great in Columbus. I mean, it's the same thing. He's not walking a ton. Weirdly, I've seen him walk twice this season, which I feel like is, uh, you know, kind of crazy. It's a feather in my cap for the season. But he doesn't walk. He swings a ton, <laughs> but he hits the ball. And he, he I mean. Huntington Park in Columbus, you know, it's a hitter's ballpark. Fair enough. But, you know, he's hitting some long home runs. Uh, he's hitting, you know, again, impressive doubles to the gap. And he just, he, when we keep thinking he's going to slow down, he doesn't. He just picks it up. So he's been on fire. Again, he didn't hit much last week, just like none of the rest of, of the Clippers lineup did. But he, you know, has hit. And, I mean, he still had a home run and a double, I believe, last week. Him and Quan still both had extra base hits. They, you know, that was just pretty much the extent of the offense. So, um, 
but he he just keeps hitting so i'm with you it's sort of like well nobody else in this guardians lineup is hitting do we give him a chance i protect i think if you don't protect him there is a chance that he may go because he he especially if the dh comes to the national league you know he he offers a you know young bat that's proven it at every level he's not going to walk uh he's going to have his strikeouts but you know he the power continues to develop and he keeps hitting for an, a high average um I don't know. Like defensively, he hasn't been as bad as I thought he would be out there. Uh, He's played primarily in right field. They played him in center one day and that was a disaster. So, you know, obviously, and he's a big dude. I mean, he, he looks like a tight end, you know, he's, he shouldn't be playing center field. Um, Just all the more reason that I don't understand why Nolan Jones continues to trot out there every day to third base. But anyway, we've already covered that. So I, you know, it would be <laughs> that much worse than than Naylor, you know, was out there with, with you know, I, it, or some of these other, you know, outfielders that we have. I mean, I know he's a similar profile to to Reyes. I don't know if you want both of them in the lineup, and I don't know if he'd be there long term. But I would at least consider it. He's an exciting hitter. You know, he hits the ball a ton. Um, I'm on the fence about whether or not to protect him. At this point, I would protect Quan. Uh, he hasn't been up long. He came up, I think, at the beginning of September. Um, but he's just got a real nice swing from the left side of the plate. He, you know, short sample size, but, you know, he's hit since he's been up here. He's hit for power. Um, and he is, uh, physique-wise, he's the opposite of Oscar Gonzalez. But I think he's hit three home runs in the... <laughs> you know, less than a month he's been up here and has a, a, at least a few doubles too. Um, so I would, I would protect Quan, and I, you know, I'm leaning more towards protecting Gonzalez than Benson at this point. I think Benson's less likely to get taken than Gonzalez, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I could probably be talked out of it, <laughs> but that's, I think, I think the hard part about that is, is that uh, I think Gonzalez is a, minor league free agent after this year he's been here long, a long time so i that's think that's right. part of the discussion mm-hmm. yeah you i mentioned I, that previously i could so see yeah. them resigning him anyway but i i would imagine i would imagine that if he's a minor league free agent somebody will give him a contract and they will try to make him like you said the dh in the national league that's not a it's not too hard to fathom him fitting into a uh a DH role out there and just see what happens if nobody has a better option, especially if he feels like his path is blocked here and he's unprotected. I don't think yeah. he'll even make it to the rule five draft. I think somebody would just, would just go ahead and, and just make him, make him a, a contract offer. So yeah, he's not going to bankrupt It's going to look bad if, if he leaves and, and does well. Yeah. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I would probably, if, if they had two spots to play with and it was between Gonzalez and Benson, I might lean towards Gonzalez. Um, Benson does have the pre- the pedigree, so I don't know. It's yeah, it's going to be tough. There's not obviously not enough spots for all these guys. It's going to be a, a conversation we've been having. It's a conversation we're going to continue to have. But right, I, and when I, you I hate to keep fifteen middle infielders to protect. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, speak, speaking of um, of Will Benson, I I got a a tip this week that Will Benson was working out at first base, just kind of a, a pregame thing, not a game thing, just to see what happens. And 
I'm not sure what that says. I mean, I, does that mean that Will Benson's in their plans? Does that mean Oscar Gonzalez is not because they're trying to to find more ways for Benson to, to contribute or get on the field? I don't know, but that one struck me as odd. And and I said this to somebody else. Why why would Will Benson play first base, but Nolan Jones wouldn't play first base? <laughs> right, yeah. I don't mean to keep going back <laughs> like, to that point. Of, but... <laughs> exactly. It's strange. Exactly. It is weird. Although, you know, Benson, I mean, he, he, he's so athletic. I mean, I, I can, I can see it. He's kind of built like a guy that could play first base, you know, tall and rangy. Um, but again, it just goes back to why him and no one else, you know, particularly Nolan Jones, but others too. Um, I don't know if they just have too many, you know, first base, and you guys have talked about it on the podcast before. I mean, it's not a very deep position in the system, um, you know, again, and everybody's got a different opinion on Bradley and he's getting his shot now, but taking him out of the equation, like I said, Trenton Brooks is the primary first baseman at AAA. I, you know, he's a nice player. He's a nice AAA player. He's played well for the Clippers. I don't know that he's, you know, a real major league prospect. Connor Maribel, who is a, primarily a, an outfielder who's had a really nice season for the, um, the Clippers, uh, he's played first base in Brooks's absence and I don't know that he's a real major league prospect. So it begs the question, you know, and I don't think there's anybody banging down the door at double a. And so the question, you know, does come up, why not play some of these other guys at first base and see what you have there. But my eyes would go to Nolan Jones <laughs> over Will Benson. So I don't know if Jones just right. got hurt too soon before they decided to take up this experiment at the very end of the season. But, uh, that's something to keep an eye on to see who, you know, we have about, I think three series left in the, in the season to see if Benson logs any time there or not, or at least see how much, how, how much workout he's getting there pregame. So. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. That was just strange to me. I. That's not the name I would have. I, I've always. To tell me was working out <laughs> there. So at first I know, right. Like, and, and the person's only said, you know, Benson hasn't been really good in the outfield. And I said, I, I feel like, what I mean, what have your impressions been of Benson in the outfield in Columbus? Because I've watched a couple times him play the outfield. I, I did see him misplay a few balls off that right field wall, but I feel like that's just him having a hard time maybe adjusting to a new a new ballpark and that wall's tough to play off if you're not used to it. I don't think he's a bad outfielder. I think he's I think he just needs to adjust to that ballpark. He hasn't played the wall like that before that 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 wall in right field of Huntington Park is very unique it's like uh it's like the left field wall in Cleveland you know Akron doesn't right. have that and, and Lake County doesn't have that so I don't think he's a bad outfielder. I think I think when I watched him he just had a hard time getting used to the new ballpark so I mean defensively has he looked like he struggled to you like he couldn't handle it at all like that's the only argument I, I feel like makes sense to to move him onto the onto the dirt Right. I would not, certainly not say that he can't, it doesn't look like he can handle it. In fact, his arm has been really impressive out there. Uh, and I know like other people in the press box have commented on, you know, how impressive his arm is. He's made some really nice plays out there, you know, had a couple of assists that have, have you know, kind of knocked people over. He has, I, 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 I wouldn't even call it misplaying a ball. I said there was one that was hit kind of, you know, like right, right on the, like, it like, hit right on the top of like the center field fence and it would be a tough ball for anybody to play. And I wouldn't even go so far as to say that he botched it, but he didn't come up with it. He, you know, he may have taken a weird angle on it. 
And you're right about, you know, that outfield wall. It's just, it's a little bit funky and he has not been up here for very long. Um, so to give up on him playing the outfield this quickly because, you know, of a couple of, you know, miscues seems bizarre to me. Um, that, that seems like a quick trigger that he just got up here. So um, that, that, I mean, that, that makes sense in terms of why they might do it, but it doesn't match up with his play, I think, overall, or the short time that he's been up here getting used to this, you know, new stadium. Yeah, I would agree. But something to keep an eye on. It's a, it's a weird development, but you never know. I right. think I, I think I, uh, I texted, I, I messaged that information to somebody else and they were like, don't you know it's a requirement for everybody on the roster to play at least three positions? I said, well, they can make Benson a pitcher too. He's got a good arm. That could be a two-way right. player. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty oh, good everyone's about Everyone's got to play people. multiple positions. Yeah, they are. They're good about moving people around. And I mean, they, they really have, you know, done that this season with almost everyone except for one player. <laughs> and you know who that is. I don't need to say it because I've right. done it enough. So. <laughs> uh, um, what's the other moves today? Adam Scott promoted to Columbus, so he'll join the Clippers rotation to end the season. I, he would have been in Columbus to begin with, or I think at some point this year, um, had he not been not started the season hurt. He's been pretty good at Akron so far. Xavion uh, Curry is going to replace him and Akron in the rotation. Nice That's rise exactly. for Xavion Curry to start the year. Um, you know, Curry had not pitched since 2019. He got he got shut down when he, Cleveland drafted him because of a shoulder issue. He did obviously didn't pitch last year, so he starts this year in Lynchburg, Low A. He gets to to Lake County at High A, and he's going to end the year in Akron. That's a very nice ascension for a kid who hasn't pitched in a couple years and. Uh, not a kid. I mean, I know some people talked about him this offseason, and I, I we were kind of – I don't want to say we were low on him, but we were waiting to see what he could bring to the table before we sure. kind of considered him to the rankings, and obviously he has blown past that at this point. Well, he's just – if you look at his numbers, he's just been so consistently good. I, I mean, and like you said, he's, you know, progressing through the system, and he just hasn't let up. I mean, he's he's just been really impressive all season, so he's earned it. The funny part is his last start with Lake County this past week was the worst start of his season at this point. Like it was, I know it was pretty bad. It was short. Yeah. I think he gave up four hits in the first inning. Yeah, he yes. gave up five hits. So total total hits this year that he's get he's got sixty five hits in ninety three innings. He has not given up more than six hits all season long. He gave up five on on Thursday with three strikeouts, but pretty much every time out he goes. You know, five to six innings gives up anywhere between one to three runs. He's given up four runs. Just uh, he's given up four earned runs once all season. He's usually somewhere between six to nine strikeouts. I mean, he is incredibly consistent every time out. It's unbelievable for for a kid who hadn't pitched in two years to come out and be as consistent as he was. And uh, hopefully, he gets a chance to pitch in the playoffs for Akron. Their their lead has shrunk. They're only down to a game. Um, up on Somerset, and they end the season this week with Somerset. So whoever wins that series, right, uh, goes to the playoffs. So winner take all. It's going to be a big one, and yeah, and Curry's going to be, be there to help him out. So that'll be interesting. It would be fun to see uh, to see Curry pitch in the playoffs after the season that he's had. Um, 
you know, if that, that it, again, it seems like he's just earned it and it's a nice, you know, next step for him. Cause you know, I know we all know it, but the fact that none of these guys played last year and then players like Curry, who, you know, didn't really play in 2019. I mean, that's a long time off. It, it's, it's just, it's hard to imagine. It's, it's understandable how, you know, we talk about people who had slow starts or just, you know, haven't progressed the way we thought they would, but the, the players like Curry who have just, you know, continued to, to get better all season after two, basically two years off. That's just, it's so impressive. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching him pitch this year. Um, 118 strikeouts in 93 innings, 16 walks. I was just about that's, to say he doesn't walk many guys, does he? <laughs> wow, he really doesn't. Okay. <laughs> it's wow, not, it's not quite Shane Bieber territory, but it's it's in the universe of Shane Bieber. Not yet. Not yet. Something to shoot for. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's in the strat- same stratosphere. I mean... Bieber was was something else with his command in the minors, but uh, he is he's not far off. We'll see. I, he, I I have a lot of expectations for him next year. Now we'll see how that where that goes. So Curry's in Double A now. Um, Joey Cantillo, Cantillo. Sorry, it's Cantillo. Um, Cantillo has okay. made a couple of outings. Yeah, it's, he's he made his first start Sunday, but only lasted an inning and third. He's been out of the bullpen for the most part. Uh, his command just has not come back yet. He. He's not giving up runs. I mean, he's only given up – he only gave one run this week in three innings. It's just he's had a hard time. I think he walked five in uh, two different outings this week. So yeah, that looks right. That to me just says he's just – yeah, he's just trying to get back. I mean, the fastball was up 92-93, which was good. The changeup was still there. The curveball looks like it's it's got some potential. I think it's just he's searching for command at this point. And – We'll see. I, I said to Joe, I didn't, or maybe Joe said this to me, but I think uh, Cantillo is a good bet for uh, the Arizona Fall League, which starts a month from today. Yeah, you guys were talking about that last week on the pod, and I that that seems to make a whole lot of sense. So especially since he missed most of this season, he could use the time. Yeah, I'm excited to see if they do that with him. I, I just I want to see what it looks like when he's shaken off the rust and the command, and and see where he's at from there because. The stuff still looks good. It's just really a command issue. Um, how about this? Brian Rocchio, after not being ranked in Baseball America's uh, top 100 all season, makes the jump, I believe, to 53. Yeah, uh, that is Baseball quite America a jump. Top 100. <laughs> it's like suddenly people were, are like, I guess they were, <laughs> I know. that You know what? That happened with George Valera. Like, I was talking to someone who was like, uh, bugging them saying, why is George Valera not in your top 100? Why is George Valera not in your top 100? And then finally, like, I don't know, a week or two before he got promoted to Akron, or maybe it was like a week before he got promoted to Akron, he made he made it to 99 in, in Baseball America's top 100. So George Valera is up to 79. Um, he's the, and then Daniel Espino is 90. Nolan Jones is at 75. Rocchio is at 53. And they still have... Um, Tyler Freeman at 42 is the best uh, Cleveland player in, in their group. Okay. You know, that's uh, what f- is that? One, two, three, four. Does that five, double five players in the top 100 right now? I think that more than doubles it then because we, we didn't we start the year two? Wasn't it just Jones? Well, or was McKenzie still a prospect? At Jones the and Freeman. Of the year? It was Jones and Freeman. Yeah. So look at that. What a difference. A at season least those makes. two. Yeah. Rokio yeah. deserves it. I just People think were saying for a while they didn't have a top 100 prospect. 
Yeah, and we're all like, wait, what What about this guy? So Rokio must have just, you know, <laughs> people started noticing him or maybe when he got the move to double A because, I mean, I think we all, those of us that follow the Guardian system, I think, you know, we're hopeful for him for a while, but, it, you know, I, it's just who knows. I know that, you know, these national publications have scouts on each team, but sometimes you wonder, it, it, I mean, there's just so many players who slips through the cracks and, um, but that's nice to see. That's 53. That's impressive. From nowhere to 53 is uh, is quite a jump. So, Right. That's all that power he's gotten to in right. action. I'm also glad to see he's okay. I was watching the game last week, and he got hit. Uh, it was in the upper back, almost like the spine he got took a ball off of. And he went down. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. But he came back the next day. And uh, to his credit, he's still, he's still hitting. He's still hitting for power. And... That Good to see impressive. he wasn't uh, affected by that. Yeah, 15 home runs as a 20-year-old. And I would say for Rokio, he's not even really physically where he should be. I feel, I feel like he, at 20, he's going to get bigger and he needs to get bigger. But um, for his his strength and his stature right now, 15 home runs is, is a nice uh, nice plateau, uh, you know, place to hit for him. And, you know, hopefully he'll cut the strikeouts down. But. I think it's got, he's gotten to a good point this year, better than anybody thought he would this early in his career, given his build, I would say. Yeah. I mean, was he considered more of a, a defense first prospect when they signed him? I, you know, I know that he's always, they've always been high on his defense and the, you know, the international prospects are signed so young that it's, you know, there's still so much development to do, but his, his offense and that power has really come around this season. Yeah, I, mean, I think everyone thought he was going to have a chance to make a lot of contact, and, he, and that's been the case. I mean, he's he's hitting two ninety one in Akron now, and he's he doesn't strike out a lot. Um, you know, he's struck out struck out more than I think we thought he would, but also had a whole year off, and he's he's twenty in Double A. But the power, yeah, for sure, the power uh, coming on, especially Double A, he's got a two thirty four uh, isolated power mark, and obviously. Canal Park is the exact opposite of Huntington Park. It is a right. hard place to hit, and uh, he's hitting for a lot of power. So, yeah, that's a very encouraging development, and I think that's exactly why he made the jump from unranked to uh, 53 for Baseball yeah. America. We'll see how high he goes this winter. Yeah, he's got 11 uh, doubles. Two, two or three things. Too. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. As I was say, there's two or three things I wanted to get to before we get to questions, too, because this is Columbus-specific. So, uh, Francisco Perez, finally back in Cleveland. For the life of me, I could not, and, and this is not again. This is not a personal thing, obviously. Whenever it is, but like, I think the last two weeks I was saying, okay, Blake Parker, obviously a quality major league pitcher. He's a good reliever. Nothing against him. He, he he's, I, I nothing against him on the roster. Like I think he can help a winning team as a as a a sixth or seventh inning guy to the role he's been in. Sure, but I, I've seen him pitch a lot. I've seen Alex Young pitch a ton, and I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that not Francisco Perez? I don't understand right. what, what the hesitation was. You know, his first appearance in Cleveland was that bases loaded, nobody out situation in a day game where they were getting destroyed by Oakland. And then they sent him back to AAA and it was like, that's it? You're done? That's it? And yeah. he's finally back, but it's just, I don't know what it the was, hesitation was all this time. I can't can't figure it out. It wasn't even a cup of coffee when he when he went up there, uh, it wasn't long enough. I, w- I will say this, the times that I've seen him pitch in Columbus, there are some command issues there. And 
Uh, it's, it's, it's not like a, oh, he's nibbling around the plate too much and just needs to harness that a little better. I mean, you didn't know where the ball was going at times. Um, that being said, his last outing was a really nice one. Um, and I think he had like four strikeouts and no walks. So he's got some stuff. He just, there are days when you don't know where that ball is going. So I don't know if the tribe wanted him to just work on command a little bit more, but I agree. I mean, at this point, you got to figure out who's going to make up that bullpen next season. And are you really going to keep Blake Parker and Alex Young around? Or do you want to see, you know, what you have in these younger guys? Because, you know, Perez is a lefty. He's a big, strong guy, an imposing presence on the mound. He actually doesn't throw as hard as as I would think that he would. But when he, you know, can get the ball over the plate, he gets out. It's just with him, it's going to be all about command. So, but, you know, at this point in the season, why why not, you know, keep him up there and just see what he can do, see if he can settle in. Right, yeah. I mean, Blake Parker's been nice, and I, I would like to not see Alex Young pitch again in person. I just don't <laughs> like how he pitches. And I'm like, at least, at least if, you know, if you're going to get hit, you know, let Francisco Perez walk guys and at least right. prove that he can be around the plate or not. I don't know. Yeah. But at least he's back up. But here's here's the other side of here's the other side of the move. And I, I missed this. This was on Saturday that the move was made. I was busy Saturday, but um <laughs> they set Daniel Johnson back down to make room <laughs> for Francisco Perez. So right. uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think they they you've got what, Miles Straw and Harold Ramirez and Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado. So they just stopped finding playing time for Daniel Johnson. I think, I hate to say it, but I kind of feel like this is the end for Daniel Johnson in Cleveland. I feel like he's going to be somewhere else next year. I think so too. I just, I, you know, he's been up and down and when he does come up, they barely play him, and, you know, or they certainly don't give him enough at bats for him to, you know, find any sort of a groove there. He hasn't had a great season in AAA, although I, I always wonder what going up and down, uh, how that messes with with players' heads. But he's hit for some power. Um, his his power stroke is really nice in Columbus, but he, he didn't hit for a very high average. But with that being said, I, he does not have anything left to prove at AAA. He is not going to get any better hitting AAA pitching. So if – they don't he doesn't seem to be in their plans just based on their actions with him um I'd like to see him get a shot somewhere to see if he could at least you know be a platoon outfielder the left-handed side of a platoon somewhere because he's he's so athletic and he does you know like I said he's got he's got some power and I think he can hit for a decent he hit for a good average last year in AAA this year it was a little disappointing that it wasn't a little bit higher but um, I think he, he can hit, um, whether he's an everyday player, I don't know, but I don't think he's going to be an everyday or even a part-time player in Cleveland moving forward. Yeah. And then triple a roster next year, you're going to have, you know, a combination of a few different guys up there. And I just don't know how he fits going back there. I don't even know if he has options next year or he does have an option next year, but he's going to be, he's going to be 27 next July. So he's 26 for a little bit while longer. Yeah, it's just if you haven't given him a shot to, to settle in now, what 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 is it going to take? And yeah, well, I don't know. Sending him back to Frank for Francisco Perez, I was like, well, I guess that kind of says where they're at with Daniel Johnson at this point. That's right. That's how right. I, I, that's that's how I feel like they've treated him all year long. And I know he's been on the taxi squad. I think your point's right about it going up and down, but because of COVID, he's been on the taxi squad. So whenever they go on the on the road, he's got to travel with the team separately. He can't 
play in Columbus because he's got to be wherever the team is. The Indians are because of, uh, you know, he's on the practice or on the, the practice squad, be or whatever you want to call it, the taxi right. squad because of COVID. So I'm sure that's made it hard for him too. But yeah, it just seems like they, they've probably, this is probably the end for him in Cleveland. I hope he goes somewhere else and does, has a chance to play and see at least what happens. I don't know. I can't guarantee anything, but at least, you know. Yeah. He deserves a shot to prove if he can play or not. I Yeah, I agree. Somewhere. I agree. And, you know, they've kept Mercado up there, you know, once they finally brought him back up this season, you know, he's been up there and they just haven't given Johnson the same chance. So if it's not going to be here, I agree. I'd like to see what he can do somewhere else. Yeah, and your only left-handed hitting outfielder up there is Zimmer. It's not like there's a ton of left-handed hitting outfielders. Right, right, so exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I guess they didn't want to – I don't know. They, if they really liked him, they would have made playing time. That's the way I look at it. Um, yeah. Shane Bieber, t- tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, we're recording this Monday night, the 13th, Shane Bieber is going to pitch in a rehab game for Columbus in Toledo. I did not know that game was in Toledo until you told me. <laughs> um, glad you did because I would have been looking like, oh, what, where's the game in Columbus? And he's it's in Toledo. But yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make a rehab start. I think there's enough time left in the season for him to get like I don't know how long it's going to take to build him back up because he missed a lot of time. Let's let's assume he can make one rehab start a week, or let's say he pitches on Sunday. That's two. Yeah, I think he gets back to Cleveland for what one start, maybe at this point. That's that's all I can see happening. Maybe one start. Yeah, because it's not like this is going to be a short rehab stint. He's going to have to get a few starts, and I would think down here. But it'd be. I, I imagine that the reason they're doing this now is they'd like to see him, you know, pitch in some live games, and preferably at the major league level, at least once or twice, like you said, before the end of the year, just something to build off of and going into next year. So it's encouraging to see it. I wasn't sure if we would or not. I, you know, there's no reason to rush it on the one hand. You don't want, you know, to set them back in any way. But I have to imagine that if they're doing this and they feel confident that it's, you know, the right and the, the safe move to make he's healthy enough to do it. Yeah, that's at least uh, encouraging and have a normal offseason for him. And then finally, James Karinczak <laughs> is going to pitch this week, supposedly for Columbus. He has not pitched since being down there because I guess they've been working on his mechanics. So, yeah, I haven't uh, seen him. He has, we'll I haven't seen him in the, <laughs> in the dugout. I, I, I keep an eye out looking for him. I mean, he may very well be there and I just can't see him, but yeah, he has not pitched since, and it's, it's, it's been a month now, hasn't it? It's at least three weeks since he's been down here. I, I think time has no meaning since the pandemic started, but it seems like he's been down here for at least a, a while and we, we haven't seen him once. So it, I'm anxious to see what happens when he takes the mound again. Yeah. He was sent down August 27th, uh, the next day. So August okay. 28th was the last time he pitched in a game. So it's been, yeah, almost we're going on what two, three weeks since he's pitched in a game. Close enough. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with his mechanics when he gets back out there. Um, yeah, I know there's all the talk with the sticky stuff and 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 the mechanics, and you know, I just I I don't know if there's you know anything, you know, mental wise, like you you want. I hope you know he's in a healthy space and he's working on his mechanics, and if you know 
he has to learn to pitch without sticky stuff or for some other, you know, mechanical reason they need to work on. It'd be nice to see him get back on track because that bullpen looks a whole lot better next season with him and Class A at the back of the the pen than, than without him. So. Yeah, they got a lot of questions to answer, uh, <laughs> as we've talked about multiple times on the podcast at this point. Um, why don't we get to some questions? Um, Let's do it. Cleveland DTR on Twitter. Grizz, our man Grizz. Uh, any chance Aaron Davenport gets converted to reliever and fast track through the system? Nasty breaking ball and a glut of starting pitching ahead of him seem to make some sense. Uh I would say he'll probably continue to start for the, the time being and see what happens. I just don't see why they would uh, move him to the to the bullpen until later on the down the road when they're forced to make a decision. They've got so much pitching, I know, but I think in Lake County they'll need him need him to pitch next year. So we'll see. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. I agree. I, there's no point in converting him to a reliever right now. I mean, he's brand new. What's he pitched like 11 innings, you know, professionally. So I, yeah. I, I think that that's, that's always an option. You know, you, the old adage, you can never have too much pitching. Once you think you have enough starting pitching, you, you never have enough. So, um, you know, continue along the, the starter track. And like we've said about a lot of these guys, if they can help as a reliever, you know, that, that decision can be made down the road. So yeah, always more valuable keeping the rotation. I don't see them moving him. They, and they, there's a couple guys in this draft class that I think are going to be in the bullpen. I don't think Davenport will be one of them. Yeah. Uh, this been. one is almost specifically for you, Stacey. Quincy Wheeler, who has been helping us out a little bit in Akron this year, um, wanted to get your thoughts specifically on the outfielders you've seen in Columbus this year and who you hope or think will be on the 2022 opening day roster, which we kind of addressed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you want to – yeah, go ahead and answer. Ab- absolutely. Well, Quincy, I'd like to give you some emphatic answer one way or the other, but I I, I don't know that any of these Columbus guys are going to be on the opening day roster next year. And the biggest reason for that is because I think some of the most promising ones just got here. Um, so, you know, I, I like Quan. I think he could be uh, an everyday outfielder or a, a, at worst a fourth outfielder. I don't know that he's going to make the opening day roster. He just got up here. Um but I wouldn't rule it out. We'll see how the rest of the season goes for him. I mean, he can hit for average. He's got a little bit of pop. Um, you know, the the uh, opportunities are there in that outfield up in Cleveland. So we'll see. And then the, the X factor is Oscar Gonzalez, right, which we already talked about. So do they give him a chance? Do they bring him back? Your point that he's going to be a minor league free agent at the end of this year complicates things a little bit. So, um, But I don't think we'll see Benson on the opening day roster unless he's the new first baseman. <laughs> um <laughs> and you know some of these other guys again. You know Alex Call and Connor Maribel, those types of guys. Unless they really suddenly have a need for a fourth outfielder of some sort, I, I don't. I don't see a spot for them on opening day. So, Quan or Gonzalez, but probably neither. In, in at the end of March, beginning of April. Yeah, uh, Tyler Naquin is the only outfielder that I can remember being on the opening day roster as a rookie. Um, and that was really out of necessity. So, yeah, that just tells yeah. you there will not be any of them on on the open day roster. But yeah, that's a great point. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe, maybe there's an outfielder out there that's not even that will be on the open day roster. It's not even in the organization right now. I think that's it, that's the hope. It could happen. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Long off season. I th- I think it has to be. Yeah. Um, 
Glenn Longwell wants to know, what is your current list of just ad guys who you think will be debuts in the system next year or next in the system? And who do you think the surprise of 2022 will be? Oh boy. Hmm. Um, so just I mean, Quan, Rokio and yeah. yeah. Oh, is this, does he mean 40 man roster or just. That's what hmm. I was wondering. Just ad guys. Well, there's a ton. I mean, Adam, people like Adam Scott. I like Joey Cantillo a little better than Adam Scott, but I would add them both. And then there's Pilkington, yep. Lavastita, Rocchio, Valera, um, Quan, like all the, you know, Palacios, Tyler Freeman's yep. got to be added. So all those guys to me, I would add. Yeah. I don't know who, which of those guys is going to make their debut next year. Yeah. Yeah. The surprise of 2022. Hmm. You know, that's a that's good a great question. question. I, if if Lavastita had stayed up at AAA and just hit the crap out of the ball, there, you know, there's a, a small part of me that would think that maybe there's a chance he he backs up Hedges next season if they move on from Perez, but it it seems a little bit a little bit soon for that. Um, Arius could win the shortstop mm-hmm. job out of uh, out of spring training. That I think that would be a surprise. Uh, so I, I I'll go with that. Okay, I think, and yeah, I mean, Cody Morris probably finds his way on the big league roster next year at some point, whether that's the bullpen job or a uh, a starter's role. I think, yeah, makes, I, I didn't even say, I didn't mention his name just before when I was talking about those players to add to the forty. I think he'll be on the roster. Yeah. Um, as far as the minor league portion of that's concerned, I would say next year. Um, hmm. I mean, there's a lot of guys who. Who have so I mean Nick Nick Mikolacek might be in the bullpen next year just because they might need him. Yeah. My my surprise this year was going to be that Carlos Vargas was going to be in the bullpen for Cleveland this year, but he got he had Tommy John, so that yeah I wiped that out. That was a that bummer. Was I don't know Doug McKenzie and Gavin Williams from this draft class. I think both of them next year could end the year in Akron or Columbus. So I could see that them. Be my minor league surprise for next year. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That could be my surprise. And then uh, we got two more. Uh, our buddy Zach wants to know if George Valera's jump in strikeout rate and drop in isolated power since being promoted is a cause for concern. He did follow it up with saying, even though it's a small sample size, uh, I'm not going to have any concerns. He he has had swing and miss issues in the past. Like he's had yeah. a high strikeout rate in the past, but um, he had a lot of strikeouts to start the year in Lake County. And then he got on the injured list. He came back and the strikeouts went way down. He started hitting. He's 20 years old in double A and it's the first time he's played this many games in a season. So um, I'm not going to have any concern right now. We'll see if that carries over to next year, but right now I have zero concerns. I agree. I mean, he, he, like you said, he was injured earlier in the year. He's so young and he's barely gotten up there. So I think we just need to give him a minute to just adjust. And you know, the, the expectations of him, you know, they're all shooting through the roof for all of us, me included. He's such an exciting player to watch. So we want him to be successful, right? We, and we want him to just hit the ground running, but he's barely been up there. And I, I mean, he, he just was, you know, hitting so well at Lake County. I think we just got to give him a minute. Remember how young he is. Um, I, you know, I think he is hitting the ball. Isn't he hitting like 270? I know he struck out like half of, you know, maybe not half of his, his at bats, but I know it's a high strikeout rate, but like you said, they came down at Lake County. So let's just see how he finishes the season out. I think, I don't think there's any cause for concern. 
here's here's why I'm not concerned, and I, I wanted to bring this up earlier too with, with Nolan Jones, the conversation there, and then Stephen Kwan. Uh, steamer projections on fan graphs right now have Stephen Kwan at a uh, 113 WRC plus a 786 OPS. That's really impressive for a guy without a lot of track record. Right. Um, it has Nolan Jones with a with a, a 722 OPS, which is a little concerning. <laughs> and it has George Valera. And this is this is right now, by the way. This is like if they started playing today. Uh, they have George Valera with a 758 OPS, which to me, as a 20 year old with, with like 20 games in Double A so far, for those projections to look that good, I, yeah. I'm not worried at all. Definitely. For good measure, by the way, for just for good measure, Oscar Gonzalez, uh, Steamer projections, 723 OPS, and then Gabriel Arias, 675. So. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I think George is going to yeah. be okay. We'll see, well, but... Zach. It'll, it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, last question uh, from David White at Caucasian Chaos on Twitter. Quite a name. Uh, Aaron Bracho has struggled at high A and will be unprotected. Yes, absolutely he will be. Have you had a chance to see why he's struggling so badly? Well, my conclusion with Aaron Bracho is this. Um, he is hitting the ball. He's popped up the ball in 24% of his as uh, balls in play. So he's, he's hit a lot of fly balls this year. And a lot of times he is popping up um, on the infield. So I think for him it's just kind of a swing path thing. I think he's having a hard time just trying to, I don't want to say hit it in these, hitting too many fly balls because he should, he has power, but um, he's just getting under everything. I think it's just the way he's being pitched. I think his swing has gotten a little loopy. He struck out a lot more than they thought he would. Plus, you know, he didn't play last year either. You know, he, he was on the, he was at the alternate site last year, which you hope would alleviate some of that rust, but he's 20 years old in high A and, yeah, his swing's just gotten a little bit long. Then he missed some time with a thumb injury. So that was my conclusion. I'm not worried about him just yet. Um, but he's got a hit because uh, he is a man who probably doesn't have a position you feel really good about right now right. on the infield. <laughs> so yeah. he's going to have to. Right. We got a late question. Ooh. Got one late entry. Willie, Willie wanted to ask a question, but I, I told him he couldn't ask a question this week. <laughs> Sorry. Because he wanted me to answer Petey Halpin. <laughs> he was just trying to set me up to answer Petey Halpin because he <laughs> we didn't talk about Petey Halpin today. This is a uh, podcast. One of our loyal readers and <laughs> today at least. Uh, yes, let's get Willie on back. No offense to Petey. Wanted... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's he's got quite the cold following now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, loyal reader and listener, Mike, Mark Leffel. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Rank the following outfielders as far as, far as 40 man roster priorities. So, Ooh. Benson, Gonzalez, Johnson, Quan, Mercado, Harold, and Zimmer. All right. Oh. So, what, what's your, what's your, uh, order of importance? Oh, man. Okay. Man, I, and again, maybe this is just because I'm watching him play right now, but I, the more we talk about Quan, the more I want to protect him. Should I really make him number one? Or is that, is that, uh, I'll make, I'll make him one. So Harold, I, I'm going to, let's go Quan. I think between Ramirez and Zimmer, you got to hang on to at least one of them until you, something better comes along. I've liked the way Ramirez has played all year. Zimmer's come on strong. Let's go Quan one, Zimmer two. Ramirez three, Ugh, Johnson and Mercado. Do I put them over Benson? I don't know. This is a hard question. Quan, Zimmer, Ramirez. I know. That's why I said it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I like Johnson, but I just don't think there's a future for Johnson and they're not going to play him. So and Mercado, he's had his chance. I don't think you need to protect Benson, but I don't know. Let's go. Uh, oh, and I'm missing Oscar. Wait, is that Gonzalez? Oscar Gonzalez? Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah. go. I'll go Quan, Zimmer, Ramirez, Gonzalez, Johnson. No, Benson, Johnson, Mercado. Mercado last. Okay. Wow. That's uh, quite a fall for. It is. I, I, I don't know if you, that though. makes much sense, but uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm an Oscar believer anymore. I've, I've kind of fallen out of favor with him. He's another one I wish nothing but the best for, but I don't know if there's a place for him here. Yeah, it happened very fast. I'm with you on that. It's unver very unfortunate. I'm with you. So I would have Quan. So I'm in the same boat as you. Out of these, out of this group, I'm going Quan Ramirez. I'm sorry, Quan Zimmer Ramirez. But then I'm going to go just based on what the organization is saying, is telling us right now by their moves. I'm going to say Quan Zimmer Ramirez, Benson Gonzalez, Mercado Johnson. That's just what I think the organization is going to do. I, I, I would probably put Johnson over Mercado. I might even put him over, over Gonzalez, but organization, yeah. I think it's that, it's that grouping. Yeah. If it were up to me, Johnson would be higher, but I agree with you in terms of what I think is going to happen. Johnson's the first one out just based on, on everything we've talked about during this podcast. <laughs> And and Mercado for sure. Zimmer, yeah. I mean Zimmer and Ramirez make a nice make a nice platoon group, maybe. Um, yeah. the problem is you can't make up a roster of like fringe guys. You gotta have some really good players. Like it's okay to have like you know, two or three fringe guys on your roster, and those two guys are fringe guys, but at some point you need some really quality players and you can't make right. a team out of fringe guys. So you can't have an out. That's just, a lot of fringe guys on that list. It is. That's why this is a good and tough question, because it's like I don't want all of these guys moving forward, but we need some of them. And I agree. Zimmer and Ramirez make the most sense right now. Although, you know, I'm not writing that in ink. If, uh, if they're going to up this uh, payroll next yeah. season, I'm all ears for other, other candidates. So. And you want to keep the right ones. That's the, that's the hard part. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Player of the week standings as we Ooh. wrap things up. So right now it is a seven, seven deadlock. Uh, I have seven wins. And then the group of you, Joe, Jacob, Pat, Caleb, and Willie um, are at seven this year. So you have to pick last week's winner uh, since Joe was on the podcast. So I picked Peyton Battenfield and Stephen Kwan. Battenfield went five innings, gave up seven hits, three runs, got a lot of Homer, walked a batter and struck out six. Unfortunately for Stephen Kwan, uh, 174 average, 304 slug last week. Uh, he had a homer and a double. He walked three times and struck out. Not great for Quan, unfortunately. I picked the first bad week of the season to pick him. Uh, <laughs> Joe picked Joey Cantillo and, and Jorge Burgos. Burgos has been a revelation. Uh, Cantillo made two appearances, three innings total, three hits, an earned run, five walks, six strikeouts. Jorge Burgos, though, uh, 227 average for the week, but. 346 OBP, a 500 slug. He hit for the cycle for the whole week. He had a double, a triple, a homer, uh, two RBIs, four walks, and eight strikeouts. So uh, who is getting that eighth and, and crucial win, Stacey? I'm going to have to go with Joe. I had a feeling you're going to have to go that way, yeah. 
I, uh, I hate to do it. Battenfield certainly wasn't bad. I think that's one of his worst starts, at least since he's he's come here, but it still wasn't bad. And Quan had a couple of extra base hits, but it just wasn't his best week. And I kind of like what Burgos did offensively a little better. And as we talked about before, Cantillo's shaking the rust off. It's still, I mean, the five walks isn't great, but six strikeouts and three innings, you know, that's that's at least promising moving forward. So I'm certainly not stacking the deck in our favor, but uh, it's fair. <laughs> Joe wins. <laughs> That's that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Burgos put it over the top. So we've got, I don't know how many more weeks we'll do this. We have another week of uh, double, or I'm sorry, another week of double A and below. Akron might make the playoffs. We'll see how this week goes. And then Columbus goes to the end of the month. So I think we'll, as long as Columbus is playing, I guess we can continue to do this. Uh, no reason not to talk about because there's a lot to talk about. So let's keep picking players of the week. Uh, Stacey, right. do you have yours ready or should I go? I have mine ready. I'm going to go Connor Pilkington. All right, let's hear it. I'll go Connor Pilkington as a All pitcher. Right. I think he had one of his rougher starts uh, in his last start. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm betting did. on him to bounce back. And I'm going to pick a uh, Clippers hitter. I'm going to go Andrew Monasterio as my uh, as my hitter Ooh. of the week. Uh, he's been he's been kind of interesting since he's arrived at, at AAA. He's he's fun to watch. He's been playing a lot of third base uh, in Nolan Jones's absence. And he was on fire when he got here. He, like everybody else, cooled off last week. But he's been kind of exciting to watch at the plate, and I'm predicting a good week from him against the Mud Hens. Yeah, with with uh, if Gabriel Arias isn't playing and, and Jose Fermin's back in Akron, certainly a lot of playing time for him to uh, find this week in multiple positions, too. Yeah. I... I'm going to go with Brian Lavastida. He's back in Akron this week. So I think, uh, you know, he had a shorter stint in Columbus. I know he didn't do great, but he walked some. He did have a walk-off homer. That's fun. That was fun, so I yes. think uh, I think back in Akron he'll be, you know, ready to go back against that pitching after seeing AAA pitching. And then this is a bit of a risk because he's, he's he's playing at a higher level now. It's I'm going to pick Xavier Curry just because nice. um, his, first, his first start with Lake County after he got the bump from – Lily to high, he kicked butt. And I'm going to say his first start in Akron is going to be a good one. I'm banking on him. Uh, he also had a bad start last week. Well, a bad for him start, I guess. But right. I'm banking on him rebounding, and I'm banking on him continuing to do well at new levels. So kind of a risk. I like, but, I like yeah, the risk. I'm a Curry like Moxie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I took Joey Cantillo last week. Or, no, Joe did. I took him another week ago. So, uh while he gets his command issues worked out, I'm going to stay away, right. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Unnecessary risk. All right. Well, we are just over an hour. Stacey, anything else I missed? Anything you want to add? Do you have anything uh, coming up here soon? I don't think uh, – nothing to add. I'll be uh, keeping an eye on the Clippers. They're away the next couple of weeks, so I'll just uh, be keeping an eye on them, on the injuries, a close eye on Arius. Uh, and so watch my Twitter, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep up to date on that as best I can. And then we have one more homestand here in Columbus, so I'll, uh, I'll be at at least some of those games to uh, hopefully finish out the season on a high note. Yeah, they're not back home until the 29th of this month against Louisville. Um, so we'll definitely be watching them in Toledo, and then I believe they go to Nashville again. So yeah, uh, yeah. Follow Stacy on Twitter at Stacy Hannon One. That's Stacy with the Y and H A N N One. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter, Jay underscore Baseball. I assume if you're listening to this point, uh, you probably already follow us, but if not, <laughs> give us a follow and, and give us a 
you know, review on the podcast on iTunes or wherever you can review podcasts. We sure would love to hear some feedback if you like it, if you don't, if you, uh, you know, think it's not a hit. If it is, let us know. If it's not, you know, let us know if it's not a hit either. What can we do better? And um, we always want to improve and give the listeners, you know, everything they want out of this podcast. So uh, I talked to Peyton Battenfield and Joey, Joey Cantillo two weeks ago. Um, I'm still trans- transcribing. I can't talk. Well, <laughs> it's been a long day. It's Monday. I'm still transcribing those interviews. I hate transcribing. So um, I'm finishing that up. Be on the lookout for that and uh, among some other things on the site this week. Follow the IBI Twitter account at official underscore IBI, soon to be official underscore GBI. Uh, whenever Cleveland makes it official, they're changing their name, whether that's the day after the regular season ends or January 1st. We'll see. But uh, Stacey, thanks for joining me this week. And uh, we'll have to have you back at least one more time before or once the season ends. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. We will catch you again next week. Wow.